Welcome to the Artist's Work Ethic Podcast. I'm Mike Pilak. I'm an actor, screenwriter, and filmmaker who's always looking to maximize my time and potential as I work to break in. In this podcast, I talk to artists of all kinds who have seen success in their fields about their process, habits, and work ethic. Today on the show is Joe Troman. Joe is best known as guitarist for the band Fall Out Boy, which he co-founded back in 2001. In addition to Fall Out Boy, Joe has worked in screenwriting, comics, and recently released a book called None of This Rocks. A couple quick things before we jump into the episode. I've talked in the past about myself working on breaking into screenwriting. Please check out blackoilfilms.com screenwriting. There you can check out some of the screenplays I've written. I have the first 10 pages of each one uploaded, but feel free to email me at theartistsworkethicpodcast at gmail.com, and I'd be happy to send you a full script if you're interested in reading. The script I want to highlight today is a feature drama called I Know You. I Know You is about when a man discovers that he can know details about those around him and uses his ability to improve his life at the cost of his own personal morality. Last thing before we get into the episode, I would love anyone listening to subscribe, rate, and review the Artist's Work Ethic podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps us put the show out there for more people to listen to. All right, Joe, thank you for coming on with me today. Thanks for having me. So through punk rock, we both come from a DIY or a DIY influence background. Mm-hmm. How has that and that ethic contributed to or informed your work ethic? Well, we were just talking about this before the interview started, how if there isn't an avenue for you available, you just go and make it, right? That's what punk rock is or the hardcore scene is or the entire mentality is there is no space for you anywhere else. So you have to make your own space. And that is what I have been doing since whatever year 23 years ago was until now. And I'm still doing it. I'm still fighting my way through barriers or trying to make new space for myself or for the people I'm working with. So you've you've got a lot going on between Fallout Boy. I saw you were doing a podcast, uh, a comic, the book you recently released called None of This Rocks. How are you structuring your day to to be productive, but also balance your everyday life? Like I've I've got this stuff. I've got two small kids, and and you know it definitely takes a balance to figure all that stuff out. How are you handling that? Uh, better than I was a year ago. <laughs> I have two small kids also. How, how old are yours? Four and one. Okay. So mine are less small. Mine are eight and four. Okay. But at one point, they were about that age. Yeah. But they don't get easier. Uh, they get uh, more three-dimensional, more complicated. Then you have to make more space for them and more time for them, which yeah. means you have to figure out how to structure your day when it comes to work. It's difficult because I think on the one hand, you have the creative spark and you can't always just turn it on. I know when it comes to like writing, for instance, you need to set aside like just X amount of time at a certain time every day and just work regardless of whether it's going to feel productive or not. 
so I try to do that. You know, I try to schedule like a real like nine to five kind of day for myself, even though it may be jumping around from working on a comic to working on music to writing either by myself or with a writing partner. And I have so many projects going on at the same time that it can get a little messy. I keep a chart. Yep. I mean, I have to keep a chart of like active projects and ones that I want to do, which is kind of a side chart to that. You know, I used to honestly, and this led to like kind of a mental breakdown. I was doing, uh, developing a television show and working on this book and working on music and other various other developments and comic books. And I was doing it all at the same time. Like when one, when work, for one project would would end at a certain time, I just jump onto the next one or jump back and forth between them. And my brain could handle that for a while. And then I got uh, my third back surgery and I continued to do it through recovery. And I just had a fucking mental breakdown and uh, I had a big come to Jesus, even though I'm Jewish with my <laughs> psychiatrist. Uh, she's my Jesus. She was like, you can't do that. You have to pick like one project at a time and work on that. Not that I still kind of have to juggle a little bit, but I'm much more organized. I go, okay, today it's just this comic book or today it's just music, you know, whatever it is that day. Sort of compartmentalizing a bit. I have to compartmentalize, like I said, keep a chart, stay very organized, see where I'm at in the progress, see what is more dire and what can wait. And then I have to clock out at like four or five o'clock for my kids. I've always said that, that, a good work ethic doesn't mean like sleeping four hours a night and just dropping the ball and, and, you know, everything else. It's like, it's definitely about staying balanced. And when you feel that exhaustion or the burnout, being able to step back and, and like you said, you're just going to go one thing at a time rather than try to try to cram an hour of eight different things all into one day. It's youth wasted on the, on the young behavior when you do that. I'm uh, 38 now, so I'm not like I'm getting on the other side of youth. And I really thought I could still just like work like I had worked at the beginning of doing Fall Out Boy, for instance, where I wasn't getting a lot of sleep and I was just focusing on what I didn't even feel was work. For the first time in my life, everything I have uh, been working on or accomplishing, which have all been basically hobbies I've turned into jobs, have never felt like work. But for the first time, they started feeling like work. And when everything starts to feel like work and you're doing work upon work upon work upon work, you're not taking a breath for yourself. You're not doing a five minute meditation. You're not spending any time with your loved ones. You're not taking care of your mental health. It's likely you're going to crash and burn. (laughs) And that's what happened to me. There was, man, I'm going to like get this kind of wrong, but the author who wrote Eat, Pray, Love used to be just a journalist. Uh, She did an interview with Tom Waits. Uh, I say just a journalist as if that's just a, that's a real job. <laughs> she was a journalist before being an author. She might, I don't know if she's still a journalist, but she was a journalist. She interviewed Tom Waits and Tom Waits used to like give in to his muse whenever his muse would appear to him. And then one day he realized sitting in traffic in LA traffic and his muse came to him and he had to tell his muse to go away that I just have to ignore you right now. And there are times where you just have to tell yourself when you get inspiration, this isn't the right time. Hopefully you can write it down, record the note or the idea into your phone so you don't lose it. But sometimes you have to just be okay with losing it so you don't lose your mind. For sure. Do you think your work ethic comes from how you were raised or something else in your, some other external factor in your life? 
I would say nurture plays a part in it. My dad, he's retired now, but he was a cardio electrophysiologist. Uh, and he ran cardiology near the end of his career at a hospital in Chicago. So he's a pretty accomplished guy. And, you know, he was like an attentive father, like on the weekends, but during the weekdays, he was like pretty workaholic. He's still editing papers for medical journals and he's still working. He gets, um, he finds purpose and identity in it. And I think I watched him throughout my life approach work in that way. And I, uh, in kind, wanted to find some sort of identity through, again, not what I thought was work. You know, when yeah. I started doing follow up, I wasn't, I wasn't like, this is going to be my career. Cause if you enter <laughs> playing music with that mindset, uh, you're going to, Discover likely it will never pay you anything. It will cost you. Yeah, I think in the same way that he put everything into his work, I put everything into what I do. And then I also saw the amount of perseverance and 24-7 hard work it takes just to like get people to give a shit about the thing that you've made. It takes so much. And so, and and also to make it quality, like to show people that like people not only care about the quality, but they need to like see and know that you care as well. And that comes across in the quality. So you have to put more than a human amount of effort into the things that you're making. So I do also think, you know, I didn't start doing the writing stuff and all that till after I started Fall Out Boy, but the other guys in Fall Out Boy, you know, when we were doing the band and really got it going, they were all equally as like in their own way, like workaholic-esque, you know, obsessed. <laughs> wanting to do it all of the time and do it really fucking well. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned persistence a couple of sentences ago. I like, I found that in terms of the people I know in, in music and film and TV and all that persistence has been like persistence over talent, I would say to, to a degree. Yeah. I mean, how, that saying, you know, yeah. Like if, you stick, if you, if you stick around long enough, you'll make it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's in a way that I feel like that's sometimes the game I'm playing, you know, is is if I can kind of hang around and, and get a little better at the things I'm doing, you know, sure. it's 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 maybe I'm getting more lottery tickets, you know, it's possible. It's possible. It's just like a numbers game at the end of the day. And like, yeah, talent. like lots of people have talent. I mean, you know, like a lot of people do, but like just the ability to stick around. It's so easy to quit when you failed once. It's so easy. To, it's even easier to quit when you failed five times. It's harder to stick around after a ton of failures, you know, but the people that do, uh, you know, I don't know, someone eventually goes, eh, give the kid a chance. <laughs> Sometimes all you need is that one chance, you know, but yeah. in, in thinking about goal setting. So I'm, I'm a big list person. I have a list every day, every week. I'm, like crazy with lists. Uh, how how do you approach goal setting long term or short term? I mean, you talked about that you at this point you're kind of doing one project. You're focusing on one project per day. How are you sort of planning that out? You know, I, I would say over the the short term to long term. Now that I have like a fair amount that are rolling, like I have a comic book that you know the first issue is getting drawn right now so i have to go write the second issue and i have another comic book that's going out of the magazine it was published in into a trade copy so i have to organize the trade copy and i'm promoting a book and other things and this and that so i have to i have like kind of like i said like a, a list sort of like yours it's more of a chart and i have to see 
what needs my attention the most that day. You know, I don't necessarily go Monday on this, Tuesday on that, Wednesday on that. I just go, okay, let me look at here. Okay, well, it looks like this comic book is further along in the process and it's a little more real than the other stuff. Because so you're saying, you know, you're you're breaking into to, to writing, to screenwriting. Uh, is it just television or is it fe- features or is it both? Either way, in that world, even if you um, you get a, a production development, it's only as real as if it ever sells or gets made, right? Yeah. You know, contracts and money handled. But even like when there's contracts and money handled, it can still die. So there's there's so much like of it that's not real. Yeah, we have to see what's the most important project. What's closest to fruition, it's a, a bird in the hand, right? So you look at the birds in the hand, you ignore the two that are in the bush, and you just focus on feeding and taking care of that bird and making sure it is a, it, it can be ready one day to fly away and live a beautiful, wonderful life. And then when that's gone, then you go back and you look at your two in the bush and you go, which one of you is ready to go next? You know, And that's sort of the way I guess I look at it. So there is an organizational process. You know, I Basically, I make a very simple excel chart basically just some you know just a uh some some columns and rows and i just label the projects and i describe at what process they're in and i just all i have to do is wake up and read <laughs> what i've written down and yeah. go, okay i gotta update that that's not where that is that's not where that is okay this thing is ready to pop i have to take care of this right now and then also not always but you'll get emails from people that are asking you for things that you have not given them you do that as well. So that's my process, I suppose, as far as organization goes. But like, it's similar to lists where it's like, you just, you have to make a list of it. You have to organize things and make like, make, you know, list it from most important to least important. Awesome. Well, uh, before we wrap up, do you want to talk about the book that you've got? None of this rocks? Yeah, we can talk. I can talk about it. So I guess it was nearly two years ago at this point. Um, I had broken into mostly like television writing, sold like a couple shows and wrote some pilots and one of them still somehow in development, which is fantastic. Uh, But, you know, doing some things here and there, had a lit manager or have them still. And he goes, you should write a book. I think you'd write an interesting book. And I said, no, that would be gross. (laughs) Write a book like about my life. And he's like, yeah, that seems like you had an interesting life. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm in my 30s. Yeah. Writing a book, writing like a memoir or a series of essays about your life or whatever it may be, that's mostly reserved for people near the end of their life when they're, they've experienced life, they've had all the experiences, they don't give fucks anymore, and they're just ready to put it down. And then he responded with, well, you know, maybe you can't write it. And then my <laughs> response egotistically is like, yes, I fucking can. I can write it. <laughs> He knew, exactly, he knew exactly what was going to get you to write it, huh? Yeah, that's like anyone. And that's really been most of my life, too, has been if you tell me I can't do something, I want to show you I can do it. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes I failed and shown them exactly what they believed was to be true, which is that I can't do it. But often I've been able to prove people wrong. And so I started writing. I just started writing um, like a chapter, I think, or what I thought was a chapter. And I go, here it is, you know, tell me how shitty it is. Tell me how bad it is. And he was like, this is great. I'm going to send you kind of uh, samples of how these book pitches are put together. And you should put one together. And so 
That's what I did. I looked at the samples, which, you know, I'm lucky I get to do because I have a lit manager who has access to these things. Yeah. And I put together a book pitch because you have to keep in mind too, being in Fall Out Boy, being in a big band, I've been approached by like other writers to be like, let's write a book together, which really means they interview me and they and they write it in my quote unquote voice. I, you know, most of those like rock biographies are not written by the people they're about. You know, Ozzy with Jimmy Samson. I'm <laughs> making it up, but you know, like yeah. it's with Jimmy Samson that wrote the book. It's not Ozzy who wrote the yeah. book. Yeah. Ozzy you did know, the three hour interview. Did the interview. And Jimmy did the best he could to make it sound like Ozzy wrote it. And it doesn't mean it's a bad book. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is I didn't want to do that. I've been approached. A, at the time, I thought it would be ridiculous for me to have a book written about me. And B, I always thought if I'm going to have a book written about me, I'm going to write the book myself or not have it exist. It's either I'm going to be capable or I'm going to be so incapable that it will never exist. And so I put together this pitch and went around to a couple of publishers. They liked it and they thought I could write it myself. And I went with Hachette, who seemed to get me and get the book the most. And then from there, I had the horrifying task of completing the book. I had laid out about 15 ideas for chapters, and I really wanted to approach it Sidera style or Klosterman style, where it wasn't just like, I was born here, and then I grew up and I was this age, and then this thing happened, all in chronological order, and now I'm fine. Goodbye. I wanted it to definitely go through my life and I want to explore difficult parts of my life and weird parts of my life and just some of the most bizarre things that have happened to me and also Fall Out Boy stuff because I started Fall Out Boy when I was 17 so it's been you know a good 60% of my life has been in this yeah. band so it's 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 impossible to avoid but I didn't want it to make it a Fall Out Boy book you know I wanted it to be something more I just wanted it to be a lot of stories with non sequiturs but I wanted it to somehow flow and be fun and that's what I wrote. You know, it says a memoir on the front because I think it's easiest to swallow as a memoir, but I see it almost more as like a, it's just a bunch of essays, you know? It does go through my life, pretty much spans the whole thing, but it doesn't do it in a very um, simplistic way, I don't think. But who knows? That's up to you to decide. <laughs> I don't really get to decide if it's simplistic or not, or if it's good. I hope it is. I, I, you know, I was proud of it. I am proud of it. Awesome. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's awesome that you, I mean, I've every now and then that thought of a book, not necessarily autobiographical, autobiographical, but just something flows through my head. And then it's probably that first thought you had of like, that's a lot of pages, (laughs) you know? Yeah. I mean, that happened more after the publisher like bought the book. That sounds like, Oh, can I have to write a book? Yeah, I think because because here's the thing: to sell a book, you, you know, if, if if it's a fiction, let's say it's a say fiction narrative. I mean, it's good to have the whole story worked out in your mind, but you don't have to come in with all the chapters. You know, you can only have some of it written. But then, if somebody buys your book and wants to publish it, then then you're fucked. <laughs> I mean. I do want to write fiction, novelized fiction, that is, you know, like a fiction novel or like a series of short stories compiled or whatever it may be. And I am writing some of that stuff. And I think 
a lot of people are starters, but not a lot of people are finishers. It's very easy to start a story, start a song, start an idea, but to bring it to fruition, that's like what most people cannot do. And so I urge anybody listening who has, who thinks they have a great idea, uh, if you want it to see the light of day and you want the people, you want the world to see it, you have to finish it. Otherwise, no one's going to see it. Even if you put it out as a half-baked idea, no one's going to care. They, people want something finished because that's what they deserve as consumers. Totally. Awesome. Well, Joe, thank you for coming on with me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening today. Please subscribe to the Artist Work Ethic Podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. And please rate and review the show. Follow us on Instagram at The Artist's Work Ethic and check out theartistsworkethic.com.